1: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet.
1: What does that mean? Incredible play. 35 yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six foot five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, but still going inside the 10 and he is in for the touchdown. Alan has time. Intercepted. Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Wilson's still going along the sideline, he's not going to go down, Allen, tripped up, he
0: could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees lightning, 62 yards
1: for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Clinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets,
0: listen, Thank you. this is play like a jet my name is scott mason you can follow me on twitter at play like a jet one and it's time to answer your mailbag questions last mailbag before the draft which is coming up in just a few days and so to talk about all your draft questions and everything else our friend who of course has the distinction of watching over a thousand hours of college tape before this draft so very well versed in these prospects editor over at JetNation.com, mr glenn naughton glenn what's up man
1: uh what's up is the draft is finally you know we're down to single digits and a number of days away um as I said on my pod earlier to Dylan Terriman, I, I feel like this is the first time of the draft season that I'm actually excited about like I'm, I'm taking a step back and enjoying the fact that the draft is almost here and and not looking at it as like I've come to grips with the fact that I'm not going to have film ready on every single prospect but there won't be many that I don't have some highlights on and uh I'm looking forward to it man finally just Taking a step back, taking a breath, and looking forward to the draft.
0: First question comes in from Aaron Jaeger. He says, all things equal, should the Jets pick a tackle or a wide receiver at number 13? Well, if it's equal value, you go with the tackle because A, it's a more important position, and B, the Jets have a bigger need. But that's not really how this is going to shake out. It's all going to be who's on the board and who's more valuable in the eyes of the Jets in terms of how they've ranked it. So it really depends on who's there and what they think of those guys. Now, me personally, if my choice is Broderick Jones or Jackson Smith and Jigba, I would take Jackson Smith and Jigba because I think he's a much better prospect, and I think the investment is better over the long haul. I think you get more out of in Jigba than Broderick Jones, but they may not see it that way if that was their choice. Maybe they would go with Broderick Jones, and they're higher on him than I am. There could also be a situation where... Any of the receivers they like are off the board and they go with a tackle, even if it's a tackle that they don't rank as highly. Even further still, it could be a scenario where the Jets don't have any of the tackles they like or any of the wide receivers they like available at number 13 and they go in an entirely different direction. So I think it really all comes down to who's on the board and what do the Jets value in those players. But of course, if we're saying all things equal, you have an equal grade on a tackle as you do a wide receiver. In this case, considering a tackle, I would argue, is a more important position, but even more so that it's a much bigger need, you go with the tackle. I'm going
1: to say uh, here, Scott, and I'm, uh, like I said, we, we just did our show a few minutes ago, um, myself and Dylan, and, and it's a thought I had a couple weeks ago that I, I haven't heard of this anywhere else, and I don't know, maybe others have said it, but because I've been bouncing back and forth. As as you know, I've said I've, I've been a Jordan Addison guy um, since early in the year. Um, I would I would have had Smith and Jigba behind him. But thinking about the situation, so we know the Jets are gonna, you know, give up whatever they're gonna give up to get Aaron Rodgers, whatever it may be, even though they know there's a very good chance this is a one-year deal, um, a one-year rental. Might be two, but they have to proceed as if it's one. So this is this is a a, a win now move. This isn't like, oh, we're gonna build for the future and you know Aaron's gonna be here in a while. So if you're trying to win everything this year, which is what the Jets are going to be trying to do, I don't see how – now, of course, he has to be on the board. I don't see how you take anyone other than, than Jackson Smith and, and Jigba. And the reason for that is one thing we know about Aaron Rodgers over the years, you watch him with Green Bay, the thing that he is absolutely masterful at and that will drive defense is absolutely crazy is that if he has guys who can get open in a hurry, the ball is out in under two seconds consistently. I looked at a number on him last year. I don't know exactly what it is, but – I don't have it now. As I said, there was a conversation we were having about Rodgers a few years back. And it's something like 70 80% of his passes are within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. Like, he takes the snap, he makes a read, and the ball is out. So you go out and you get him a Jackson Smith and Jig, but a pair with Garrett Wilson. We've seen how quickly these guys can create separation and get open. That's exactly what you need for Aaron Rodgers. And that factor means that you don't need a dominant tackle. You can take a, a Blake Freeland in round two. Or you can go with a Bergeron in round two. Somebody like that who just has to give you solid tackle play while you have two targets underneath who just are absolutely masterful at creating separation and creating it in a hurry. We saw from Garrett Wilson, we've talked about the numbers that Smith and Jigba put up at the Combine, this sort of elite lateral quickness, his ability to to to, to be quick in and out of his cuts and, and leave defenders behind. I think that... The, That like sort of big picture view makes Smith and Jigba, uh, at least in my mind, like the clear pick
0: if he's there. I don't disagree at all. And it goes back to what I said. I think all things equally take the tackle. But I have Jackson Smith and Jigba rated significantly higher than these tackles with the possible exception of Peter Skronsky, but I don't think Peter Skronsky would end up being a tackle here anyway. So if you want to sell me on Peter Skronsky just because he could maybe be an elite offensive lineman, fine. I just don't think the Jets would view him as a tackle. But I'm with you, though. I would take Jackson Smith and Jigba over any of these tackles if he's available there. Next question comes in from Jim. He asks, with the news that Trey Lance be on the move that the 49ers are taking calls two-part question number one I saw your poll that you posted on Twitter if you were Joe Douglas would you call the 49ers and offer Zach Wilson and a mid-round pick and a change of scenery type swap for Trey Lance bearing in mind of course that the 49ers reportedly really like Zach Wilson before the draft also, Shouldn't the 49ers get some criticism if they don't get a really good deal for Lance considering everything they gave up? Everybody's very hard on the Jets for Zach Wilson, but not a peep about Trey Lance. So let's start with the first part of this. I would call the 49ers and see if they would do it. Now, people will say, well, why? Trey Lance hasn't done anything. Why would you have to throw in a mid-round pick? Why wouldn't it just be an even swap? Here's the reason. Because, yes, Trey Lance hasn't done anything, but he also hasn't embarrassed himself yet. So there's still that mystique about him. He has more value right now, like it or not, than Zach Wilson does. Everybody saw what Wilson did in his 20-game sample size, and it was really, really bad. So teams wouldn't be offering really anything for Zach Wilson. Teams are making offers for Trey Lance. You don't hear anything about teams calling about Zach Wilson. So you would have to throw in something. So I would call and see if he'd be willing to do it, because why not? Maybe Zach Wilson would then pan out for the 49ers. Obviously, Shanahan really liked him coming out of BYU. Maybe Lance, with a change of scenery here with the Jets, could turn into something. But at this point, worth a shot. As far as the second part of this question, yeah, of course the 49ers deserve some criticism, but they're not going to get anywhere near the amount of criticism that the Jets are going to get for Zach Wilson. And the reason is because... A, the Jets have a history of messing up with quarterbacks. Sanchez is the least of their worries when you look at this because Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson were picked within a couple of years of each other. Both of them picked in the top three. Both of them fell on their faces. Darnold traded after three years. Wilson hanging on by a thread right now, and he is not going to play in 2023, barring some sort of catastrophe that we hope we don't see. And the 49ers have a track record of success. They've won a bunch of games under Kyle Shanahan. And not only that, but look at what Brock Purdy did last year. So the idea is, okay, he might have flopped on the Trey Lance deal. And obviously, shot for shot, Trey Lance is a much bigger failure than Wilson if you're moving on from him this quickly and moving on from him and not that great of a price simply because the 49ers had to trade up a ton to go and get Trey Lance. The Jets didn't have to trade anything to get Zach Wilson. But if Brock Purdy played well last year as a seventh-round pick, and the idea is Kyle Shanahan developed him into a real quarterback that can start, you get a little more leeway between that and the fact that the Niners have won a lot. So when you win, you get cut more slack. The Jets haven't done much winning, and they certainly haven't done a very good job of developing quarterbacks, and so that's why they wouldn't get cut as much slack.
1: Yeah, I absolutely would want Joe Douglas to make that call because, as you said, there at least there's some unknown. I, I actually tweeted out a little while ago that I don't see the situations as being similar. I don't think the Niners would get the criticism the Jets would get. You know, we would have to see what type of compensation they get for Trey Lance. I was kind of sending that tweet, assuming you're going to get at least a one and you're doing it because Lance is now an asset that you have while Brock Purdy, even you know, he's his playing status is up in the air, which kind of muddies the waters a little bit. But at the end of the day, you've got a quarterback in place who you believe you can win with. And now you've got a second one with Trey Lance and you've, you've seen nothing from him. But, if you can get some value in return, I think that you absolutely make that move. If you're the Jets. there's no reason why you don't call and see what it would take to get him. And as you said with the criticism, it because they won't get as much criticism because they've got Brock Purdy. um and you can say, oh, what 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 a bomb, what a mess, you know you you gave up all these picks to get a one or to get the, to, for this guy to be your QB one, and you can say, right, great. And then Mr. irrelevant turned out to be a stud. So you know, they almost balance each other out.
0: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Next question comes in from KRZ. He asks, if the Jets don't make the trade for Rodgers before the draft, should they just turn their phones off and give the Packers next year's first just to get the staring contest over with? No. I mean, I'm fine with turning off the phones and not giving up one of those top 50 picks, but I would not give up that first-round pick next year. There's no reason for them to do it. I've tried to explain this so many times. The Packers have to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. There is no other team. And the Jets cannot put themselves in a position, we've discussed this a lot, to possibly be giving up a pick that could turn into a top five, top ten pick if a couple of things go wrong. Everybody says, well, if things go according to plan, that's going to be a pick that's in the late 20s. Sure, things could go according to plan. They might not. We've seen this many times. Last year, the Rams, picking number six, they had to trade that pick away to the Lions. Never thought they would. The Seahawks are picking fifth because the Broncos gave them a pick that I'm sure they never believed would be in the top five for Russell Wilson. Even the Browns ended up giving up the 11th pick to the Texans for Deshaun Watson as part of the deal. So, the Jets can't put themselves in that spot. If they're going to offer a pick that could become a first rounder, there have to be steep conditions. But there's no way I would give up an unprotected first rounder. I've seen so many people suggest this. Well, if all they have to give up is that first rounder next year, no, no, absolutely not, because you have no idea what that first rounder could turn into. And if, heaven forbid, it turns into a top five, top 10 pick like the three examples I just talked about, or Even, remember, Jamal Adams, 10th pick with Seattle that second year that turned into Garrett Wilson. Remember, Rodgers very likely only going to play one year. Jets are going to need a long-term solution at quarterback. Next year, you've got some really talented quarterback prospects going into the draft. Caleb Williams, Drake May, maybe even Quinn Ewers, who, as you know, I'm a Texas fan, so if he balls out, another possibility there. He and Arch Manning are going to be locked into a battle of training camp. I would suspect that Quinn is going to start arch would take over after quinn leaves for the draft but we'll see either way jets will need a long-term solution to quarterback you don't want to take away the possibility of them being able to get that next year if Rodgers walks away with an unprotected first round pick going to the packers especially considering the fact that the packers have nowhere else to send this guy who has to be traded so no do not trade that 2024 pick with no protections Shut the phone off if you want. Don't trade those top fifty picks, but you cannot give up that first rounder with no conditions.
1: Yeah, that question definitely didn't go where I thought it was going to. I was fully. I, I said a couple weeks ago, turn your phone off, stop taking the calls, and you can resume negotiations when the draft is over. Uh, because, as I said, you know, at the time, Aaron Rodgers is available now, and he'll be available after the draft. Um, uh, everything you said. I'm, I'm not giving up a one. I I, I cannot believe anyone would fathom. Giving up a one for a one-year round. I don't know that I've ever seen that in my life. Um, You know, having watched the league for 35-plus years. I can't recall an instance where a team said, we'll give you a first-rounder for this guy that we're going to have for one season.
0: Well, and not only that, Um, Glenn, but just to interject a little bit it's not just a one-year rental. You're talking about a one-year rental where the team that has him absolutely has to get rid of him and there's no one else bidding. So why would you give up a first-rounder not just for a one-year rental, but a guy who you know the team that you're negotiating with must get rid of? Not to mention the fact that, by the way, he's 40 and anything can happen. He'd be going to a new team and you have no clue how it's going to work out year number one. Russell Wilson would be a good case study in that.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a million reasons not to do it. There were it, it it baffles me. Listen, I get that the Jets are desperate, but that doesn't mean, like, they're, listen, everyone's got to have a line, right? Like, for everyone saying, just give up the damn one, or I don't care if it's two ones. Or what if they called and said, we want your next two drafts? Like, you'd probably say no to that. So everybody's got a line. And to me, the line is definitely, you're not getting any ones. And I, I would say, if you want a one next year, it's it's gotta be a, a championship game appearance at, at minimum. Um, because it's it, it's crazy that the Jets are acting as if or some people are acting as if the Jets are getting a four or five year quarterback from a team that has multiple options and what to do, so we better sweeten the deal so they'll send them to us. No. There there is no San Francisco, there are no mystery teams. It's the Jets, and that's it. And to say you're going to give up a one for a one-year rental on a guy where there's no other buyers, I just – I can't get my head around it.
0: I'm with you, Glenn. I've said this many times. It just doesn't make any sense. People are acting like the Packers have this super valuable commodity that a lot of other teams want. They don't. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but you have to look at this in terms of what the market is telling you. What the market is telling you is that nobody else wants Rodgers because that contract is awful. And By the way, if the Jets get Rodgers, they're going to have to do a lot of fancy cap work for the two years after Rodgers leaves because there's significant dead money. For the two years after he retires So just keep that in mind as well As to why teams wouldn't be interested, including the Titans by the way who are Rebuilding so why would you be trading Anything for a player Who's 40 years old when you're rebuilding And you're going to need that cap space As you rebuild the two years after he's Gone that's why I laughed so hard when I Saw these fake reports about the Titans And the 49ers it's it's a similar situation They have all these guys they need to Pay the whole point of the way they constructed their roster was to have a cheap quarterback. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. It's why they moved Mm -hmm. heaven and earth to get him. It's why they went out and got Sam Darnold, a young quarterback who they think might have some upside. Brock Purdy is there as well. They are not looking to pay a quarterback big money because they want to develop a young guy who they can have for cheap, and then that way they can spend their money on guys like Nick Bosa and keeping that core together together. That's the whole strategy. Whether it'll work or not is another story, but the 49ers and the Titans are not trading for Aaron Rodgers. Nobody but the Jets will, and the Jets should act accordingly. They should make sure that they don't give up a bunch of assets that they don't need to give up. Next question comes in from Sam I Nameth. He asks If Sam Darnold has a great season with the 49ers, will you have any regrets on the Jets giving up on him before seeing how he would have performed in Mike LaFleur's offense that Zach Wilson failed in? No, because honestly, Sam Darnold was so bad that last year here with the Jets. And realistically, he was bad with the Panthers. I know he did a little bit better the last few games with them, but overall, he was terrible his first year in Carolina. And he was more bad than good last year In Carolina as well He flashed the same way that he did with the Jets There have been times where Sam Darnold Has made some incredible throws Some incredible plays But the consistency just wasn't there It was more bad than good That's been the story of Sam Darnold If somehow he ends up figuring it out After six years in the league How could you really hold that against the Jets At that point Maybe it's just a situation where it wasn't going to work out for him here No matter what I find it hard to believe that the Jets bringing him back and having him in that system. And by the way, it's not like he would have had an amazing supporting cast in year number four anyway. Elijah Moore played pretty well when he finally started to get his chance when he was healthy, but it wasn't a murderer's row there in terms of the offensive firepower that Sam Darnold would have had in year number four and that Zach Wilson had in year number one. So, no, I don't think you can look at it that way. He would have failed with two different teams if he finally somehow succeeds in year number six with a third team. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's sort of like Geno Smith. I'm very happy for Geno Smith's success, but you can't be looking at that as a Jets messed up situation. Nine years, multiple teams. It's not something you commonly see. I know Jets fans love to do the same old Jets routine. We're all guilty of it at times, but you can't really hold that one against the Jets.
1: Yeah, Geno Smith was the exact example I was going to give. You you know, if guys come along, uh, you know, several years after they move on you can't it's out of your control you can't hang on you know you can hang on to guys and try to develop them but it reaches a point where you say okay this guy's continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again he's not making any improvement and sometimes you let a guy go knowing like look maybe the change of scenery will be a wake-up call maybe something the next team does will be something we didn't think of but it's just not working here And there's, as you said, not enough talent around him that you could say, well, we've got a roster around him that can carry him for a year or two while we wait for the light to go on. It just, a move had to be made and you can't look back at one like that and regret it.
0: Glenn Naughton, our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com and also the co-host of Jet Nation Radio. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We're going to answer more of your questions tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you check out everything that Glenn is doing over at JetNation.com and Jet Nation Radio. Check out everything we've got going on at playlikeajet.com and the Play like a jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under. Luke Grant has some awesome all twenty-two videos. I talked about the Steve Avila review. He's got one of Broderick Jones, and of course Alan Lazard, the newest New York Jets receiver, those are all up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, so watch our videos, subscribe if you haven't already, visit our store, tpublic.com, that's tee we've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's tee and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out, so if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite Grateful, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play